I have actually gotten a $5,000 client from doing that once with an email. Welcome to the Influenced Podcast. I'm Ella Dace, a social media manager and fashion designer. And I'm Bart Dace, a businessman by day, but more importantly, Ella's Insta husband. <laughs> Together, we run a social media company called Ella Resort Creative. We're here to talk about the social business world and the power of influence, how we learn from some and give to others. Please put your phone down now. Mate, put your phone down. There we go. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to another episode. Today I'm so excited for this topic. I'm pumped. So we're going to be talking about email marketing and it's something that probably one of my biggest regrets in my business is that I didn't start my mailing list sooner. Like I started it quite late and if I can give you any tips, you should start it when you start your business. Even if you don't know what you're going to be writing, even if you don't think you're going to be doing weekly newsletters yet, start gathering that information. So today we're going to be joined by Peter and she's an email marketing expert. I'll let her introduce herself, but I'm pumped for this. So thank you so much for jumping on with me. Thank you so much for having me. I've been really excited about this. As I was saying before, when we started, like just before we started recording, I'm like, I feel like people think that like email is so vintage, like it's lumped in with like letterbox drops and radio advertising, but I'm the same as you. Like if, if there is a regret that I have, um, like I was still building my list, but it's that I actually started with more of a structure and a plan. And that's what I've love working with people doing in my business professional babe so funny you call me an email marketing expert I call myself an email marketing unicorn (laughs) I like it (laughs) yeah I love that um when did you start your business Oh, so it's really interesting. I have been an entrepreneur for 12 years. I've mm-hmm. actually changed um, in that time, like what I've been doing. So my first business was a Pilates studio and a health brand. Cool. Yeah. And then I moved into like copywriting and writing. Uh, a little stint in direct selling, which is actually where all of this email stuff kind of came about. Because uh, there was actually no systems with uh, like the product that I was selling. Mm-hmm. And I was using email to do that because I'm like, I'm so busy. I can't afford a VA. Like, what can I do to, to lessen the load? And I just noticed how much easier my life was. And I guess when I was doing that, um, all of the questions that people had for me uh, and me, I guess, seeing that I loved doing this and it was my zone of genius. And that's kind of when it started my business, which great time to start a business COVID last year. So like February, 2020. <laughs> so awesome. not too long at all. Yeah. It's so good. It's like, I feel like every single business is obviously started with a problem and it's either because you've experienced it or someone, you know, has experienced it, but that is the perfect example. Like you, you have seen that there was a gap and you have, you had a problem for yourself and then you've solved it with this, which is so, so good. So what do you do now in your business? 
So I work as a business growth and marketing strategist with a huge focus on email marketing. Um, There is this incredible copywriter called Laura Belgrave. And I heard her once say that email is like the engine of your business. Like it just keeps it going. So for me, like if you work with me, you're going to be onboarded with email. Like everything is like kind of surrounding email. Yeah. And, um, that that's basically how I work with my clients. Um, they'll come to me, they'll have a really big girthy goal and we'll kind of like nut out this beautiful roadmap to help them get there. And, um, it's always one of the first things that we do is we like on our first session, we get really clear on like where they are with their emails and systems that they can actually set up from that first session just to make their life so much easier and to automate some things that they probably, um, might be doing manually that they don't realize that it actually could be an email automation. Yeah. How good are automations? So good. <laughs> I mean, they're life-changing, especially when, like, you've got them set up um, to make money and how yeah. good it feels when you wake up and you're like, I was sleeping and I made cash money. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I love it when like you do set up your funnels and your workflows and then they do start actually converting. And I know that for a lot of people, they might set them up and they just leave them, right? They're like, oh, it's all set up, it's done. But you need to actually check if they're working. You do need to make tweaks (laughs) and adjustments and you need to test the funnel, right? (laughs) Yeah, totally. I think it's one thing. It's like with all marketing Mm. and I say this to my clients, I'm like, you look at things with curiosity and not criticism. That's like the first thing, but it's never like set and forget. It's always, let's see how it goes okay, it's not converting how we want, or I think that this could do better. And then curiosity, not criticism. How can we kind of like fix this? And it's just tweaking everything to get to that real, um, like desired outcome, like exactly like what you would do on social media, exactly like Mm. what you do on your website. Like email is exactly the same as that. Mm. You're absolutely right with what you were saying before. It is really like the engine. I also use that for all my communication with all of my clients. And then when I try to get people off of Instagram, off of Facebook and funnel them into my email newsletter and you're nurturing those people every single week, I feel like you get such higher conversions as well. Yeah. Oh, completely. And I think it's a really good way if you are, like funneling people, um, like from just say Instagram, cause that is like my favorite platform. <laughs> I absolutely love it there. Like, you know, if those people are serious, if they yeah. are like jumping on your list. Um, mm-hmm. and for me, it's been a really great way to kind of like validate offer ideas. If I talk about something on social, because we've all probably been here before we put something on social, we put up a poll and everyone's like, yes, I'm so keen. And then we release an offer and it's a little bit crickets. And we're like, how did this happen? Mm, You said you wanted this. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, why are you doing this? Where I think it's a really good way. Like if you have an idea, you can validate it by creating like a little lead magnet, putting Mm -hmm. it out there. And it's like, like people are still precious with their email address. Like, I don't know if you find this and, but I'm like this, like, I'm like, do I want to opt in? Even though I know I can unsubscribe, I'm really conscious, um, like where like my details end up. So if I am giving my details to someone, I am like so keen. It's like me being out and walking up to a guy in a club and me giving him like my phone number. Yeah. So like, that's a really great way to kind of like, if you're putting something on social to just test and actually see if there is, um, 
like a response to it. And then the cool thing is with that, you have basically developed like this little mini wait list and you're building mm-hmm. your list that you can kind of like speak to those people like off, off social media. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to tell some of the people I think that might be listening might not even know what a funnel is. Do you want to talk a little bit about what it is and how to set it up? (laughs) So the cool thing is with a funnel, it like encompasses everything that we're doing with our business. Like I am not the kind of person where I'm like, Oh, email marketing is so superior to everything else because I understand that with email you need to get people. You have to like get traffic from your website. You have to get traffic from your social media. I'm finding these days, a lot of people, they have these incredible social like presences. We're building up our social and like what a funnel does, it starts at that first step of like, where do we actually get these beautiful leads? And then it's kind of like, if we can imagine a funnel, And the top is our, like our social media or where our traffic is coming from. So it even could be like SEO on our website. And then we put them through this beautiful, like buyer journey that will involve email and it will kind of like funnel them into the sale. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's this really beautiful journey that has been like reverse mapped out. So it's like, if they're going in on a lead magnet or maybe the funnel involves a webinar, it's like that's a taster of this offer that is going to come. And the cool thing is with email, like you can make this really simple. It can just be like a, a really simple little sequence and they still convert. Or you can get um, like quite hectic with the rules and be like, if this person clicks this email, like then get send them this email. Or if they are like really engaging but they're just not over the line, then send mm. them this email to book a discovery call. And it's about kind of getting like the right customers and making this a really smooth journey for them. Like a good way to look at this would be um, we've all probably put something in our GPS before and we're like, how come it has taken me down this crazy little route where I'm going down these little side streets and then there's road closures. A good funnel is like going directly down the freeway. It is really smooth journey. Mm, I Um, like that. And it makes it a breeze. And that's what we want for our customers. Like we want that sales process, so that funnel, to feel not only easy for them, but easy for us as business owners as well. Yes. Something that I love to do is going through and seeing who's clicked on the links but hasn't purchased. And I love to then go stalk them on Instagram. Oh my God. I do that too. And do you email them like personally? Sometimes. Yeah. If, if I'm having a sale or a special, I'll be like, Oh, here's a little something extra for you. Or I'll go like message them or start engaging with them, with them a little bit more on Insta. And they'll be like, Oh my gosh, I just clicked on your thing. And I'll be like, Oh really? I have actually gotten a $5,000 client from doing that once with an email. Yes. That's so good. <laughs> I noticed, um, I noticed she clicked something and I just reached out to her. I sent her, and this is where like social media works so well. I sent her like a voice message just on Instagram and I said, Hey babe, I noticed you clicked this link. Um, I don't know if you were just curious or if you actually have any questions, like feel free to shoot them through. I'm happy to answer. Mm. And yeah, she ended up the next day we worked out, Oh, this offer was, didn't suit. She actually purchased the next one up and she started working with me one-to-one. And I'm like, I don't wonder if that would have happened Yes. if I didn't like proactively, like look at that data and then take those next steps. Yes. 
that's why it is so powerful. And that's why, like, I don't know if we, we no, were saying this off before we started recording, but they all do work together. So you have your Instagram strategy of your Facebook, like overall marketing, every, every single channel, they all work nicely together to build your business. It's not just one thing that's going to make it happen. No, it's like having a website when people are like, oh, I want this really like beautiful website. And it's like, that's like totally do that. But you still need, um, like, like tactics to get them to that website in that first place, whether you're referring people off your social media or you have SEO or Google ads, like everything kind of works together is this beautiful ecosystem and something as well about funnels. And it's one thing that I tell my clients is you need to make sure that that whole like user experience and that buyer journey is on point. And sometimes Mm. if the funnel isn't working, it could be something like uh, your website, like the call to action isn't clear or that they'll get to the website and they're really confused on what to do with that next step. Yeah. I find that so many people also make the mistake of making their website copy just too much about them and really you're trying to convert that person to take some sort of action. So yes, it's important to have your about you, but your website is not about you. Your website is about trying to either grab that person's details or convert them to purchase from you. Yeah, totally. And I think you actually, I think you shared something really good on social media the other day about how you actually speak. I think it was like in the last week, it was a post about how you speak to your customer mm-hmm. and the language yeah. Was it that? Was that? Yeah. I, yeah. Talk, I mean, I talk, I talk about it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but 100%, the language that you use to speak to your customer is the language that they literally speak to you. And yeah. they, are, they are the best copywriter for your business, for your copy, for your captions, for your emails. They are the best person. So I know people are like, yeah, but how do I do that? Literally speak to someone have a conversation (laughs) with someone and your ideal customer is always you. It's always the person that you were before you started your business, before you embarked on this, when you, when you noticed that problem and you were struggling with that, Mm -hmm. who was that person and speak to that person. Yeah. I love that. Cause it is, it's so true. Like I remember when I first started my business, I was terrified of video, terrified of getting on stories, terrified of all these things. And if I just speak to how I felt then, then I know that I'm speaking to my ideal client. (laughs) Oh, totally. And I know for me now, like I look back at myself, even when I have my Pilates studio Mm. and I'm like, I I needed like me now. Like Correct. it needed to be like a back to the future moment. And for me yes. to go back and be like, well, past Peter, I'm going to make your life so much easier <laughs> by getting yeah. you to do this, this, and this. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. That's what you used to sell. You're like, this is everything I wish I knew. Yeah, totally. And this is what I'm selling. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's always people out there who like, we think, oh, hindsight, I wish I would have done this. And it's like, but there are people walking around like out there right now who are like the past version of you Mm -hmm. who probably have no idea that their situation can be easier. Um, or they're like, Oh my God, I really need help. But I just don't even know like where to even start with this. Mm. A lot of people that I find that a lot of people that do need the help 
don't even know that they need the help. Like you're stuck in that mindset where you just feel stuck and you don't even think that help is an option. So I find that like bringing that awareness through your marketing, through what you say on socials and your emails, they're like, oh, wow, someone could actually help me with this. That's, that's what I need to do. Yeah, totally. It's funny because in, um, in, so I have a course called Give Good Email and in like one of the first things that we do in there is we have like this little PDF and I'm like, what can be emailified? which is, yeah. isn't a word. Like I totally made that up, but I feel like it oh, just, really? <laughs> it's not a word, <laughs> but I have a list and I'm like everything that you are doing on this list literally can be an email. And it's prompted so many people to email me and be like, Oh my God, like my brain did not even realize that this thing that I do on a daily basis can now be turned into like an email automation. Mm-hmm. Um, and something as well, just because it is like a bit to set up, there's a really fun little statistic that automation actually saves you six hours a week. Wow. And that's a lot. Like that doesn't even necessarily need to be like, Oh, I have more time to do my socials or, Oh, I could do like a webinar that literally can be six hours where you're like, I am just not going to work on Friday. Like that mm-hmm. is now my day off. Yeah. That's, that's the best thing that I have found when I started to automate like my invoices and things like that, like that, that can all be automated via email too. As soon as I set that up, that's like a whole day, you know, of all of your admin uh, invoicing, chasing people up, all that. It's all now all hundred percent automated. So now I don't have to do it and I just get to work in my business or take a day off. And it feels good, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so good. Cause that, I know that for so many people, that's a struggle. You don't know what to do, but if you just figure it out, automate it, you don't have to do it. Yeah, totally. And it, like, it is a little bit of work. I'll say that much, <laughs> like deciding like what and how, like how this can look. Um, something that's actually helped me is I need to get my stuff out of my head mm-hmm. and I have to like get it onto paper or into a whiteboard or like little post-it notes. And then I can look at things logically and then be like, can I automate this? Like, what is this process? Because we all probably do things like what you were doing with your invoicing. We would all have things that we do in our business on a daily or a weekly basis that can be automated. And something that I see a lot of people do, they're like, I'm just going to give that to my VA to do. And that's amazing. But your VA only has so many working hours. And if they're doing Mm. that, a process that could be automated, it means that they're not going to be perhaps like doing like PR reach outs or influencer reach outs or something that they could be doing um, because their time is actually spent doing something else. Yes. I love that. So a key takeaway from that is automate. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Automate like the shit out of everything. (laughs) Yeah. It really does help with growth because you get to focus on all the other stuff. Totally. And I think it's just something like when it's so funny because when I look back at the business that I have now, so we're just about, about 18 months old and I'm like, Oh, I wish I would have done this. And it's like, but at the time I was still figuring stuff out. Mm. And I feel like now, because I've done it for 18 months, I kind of have all of this data and I can see that I have this real smooth little customer journey where I think if I had just started, I I wouldn't really be sure about kind of how that would, would look. But now, because I know, 
I'm like, okay, I know when someone works with me, this, this, and this should happen. And I have had enough clients and enough data to know that I think that this is like a pretty on point journey. And what I can do now is automate that. And I pretty much have like this beautiful system that's actually going to help me scale my business. Yeah. Sick. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Taking it back to emails just for a second, when people are creating their emails, what would you say they should start with like a welcome sequence? What, what do you think people should do just to get started with doing their emails? Yeah. Okay. So the first thing that we should do in our business is not like if I have a client come to me and they're like, okay, I know I need email. Like I've read something or I've just seen it. They're like, I feel like I know that I should be doing this because it's what people talk about is we kind of go back a little bit and I get them to take stock of their business, not even now, but where do you want to be in 12 months time? Okay. And to really kind of like unpack and get clear on that because quite often they might have an offer or they could have something, but then they know deep down or they have a goal that their business is going to look completely different in 12 months time. Now that's important to say, because if we look at this from an email marketing software perspective, I had a client come to me and she was using, oh, I can't remember the software, but she was actually moving everything across to Shopify and she was doing e-com and she's like, I think I'm going to set, I think it was um, like Flowdesk she was using. She's like, I'm going to set all of this up in Flowdesk. And then I said to her, I'm like, okay, but what's your business going to look like in 12 months time? And when she told me that she was going to be actually selling physical products and she was going to be changing platforms, I said, the best thing for you to do right now would actually be to move to Clavio because it speaks with Shopify. It's perfect. And I think quite often we're set up in our software, but it mightn't actually be suited to where we're going. And if you Mm. have like all of these tags and segments and everything, like everything set up, that is a tiny nightmare to migrate when yeah. you're scheduling and when you're so busy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's the first thing that I would say. And just on that, um, I have strong opinions. I, and I always see this in Facebook groups. I'll go into a Facebook group and someone will be like, what email marketing software should I use? And I'm like, that question is like asking someone what their favorite chocolate cake is. Because some people it's going to be spongy. Other people it's going to be gluten-free. Some people want like no icing, but icing sugar. They're going to be recommending what suits them, not necessarily what you want. So I would get really clear on where you're going and then what features you want and use the free trial, like sign up to stuff, use the free trial and really look at, is this going to be like a scalable option for my business? Okay. So that is the first thing. Yeah. (laughs) Then the second thing that I would do is list building is incredible. Like building a list is incredible. Getting people on your list is, but we want to make sure that when we're list building, uh, that we're using segments and tags. So I would get clear on if you have like, um, particular groups of customers. So if we have an example for a moment of like a Pilates studio, we might have at this studio um, like two different sets of clients. We could notice that we have a lot of rehab clients, but then we also notice that we have a lot of like pre and postnatal 
clients, okay? And we're going to speak to those customers differently and they're going to have different needs. Now, it's important to identify this at the start because one of the main reasons that people actually unsubscribe from your list or they disengage with your emails is because they don't get relevant content. So segmenting and getting clear on these people is a really great way that we can produce like relevant content for them. So I would get clear on that and set, set that up in your business. Now, depending on what software you're going to use, it might look different. Sometimes um, it won't give you a lot of segments, but you have the ability to tag. So I would get really like just clear on what that looks like. And then what I would do is anytime someone then like is joining your list, whether they are someone that just kind of like pops, they find you on Instagram and then they join like your list or if they're a customer and they come into your business and then they join your list, that that's actually part of like a greater sequence. Okay. So as soon as they opt in, they are getting like an email. And with that sequence, I would make that really relevant for that subscriber. Okay. Um, and you can change this up. Like if we look at that Pilates studio example for a second, um, I would have the client design, like just say it's like a six part welcome sequence that's drip fed over two weeks. And what that means is you write the emails and then you'll have kind of rules in place. So the, the rule could be as soon as they opt into this list, they're going to get an email sent out. And then the next rule is we're going to wait three days and then we're going to send them this email. And it will kind of look like that. Um, I would then have them alter those sequences to speak to those different customer groups. So the emails would pretty much be the same, but maybe we're just changing the language. Or maybe if we've got really great blog content and Instagram content, that for the prenatal people, we're linking stuff that we have on Instagram about prenatal stretches. And for the rehab people, we found this really great science-backed article about how Pilates is incredible for their rehabilitation. And then what we do when they come into our business is we just add them into that sequence. Or if they come on our social media, we add them into that sequence. Now, one thing that I will say is it is, oh, what is the stat? Okay. Your um, welcome sequences like this have a 320% higher sales rate than your normal wow. sales emails. So segmenting from the beginning. So segmenting from the beginning and putting someone in a sequence straight up. Yeah. So none of yeah. this whole join my newsletter and then the, the next time they hear from you is when you're sending a newsletter. Like we literally yeah. want, if you are promoting like join my list or join my newsletter, as soon as they opt in, we want that to be part of a sequence mm. and we want to sell them something in that sequence as well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm pretty. We've got that set up. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I definitely think though I could improve on the segmenting yeah. section because everybody joins for different reasons. And yeah. you can do that. Like you can get so fancy. Like I think this is the thing with email. It's kind of like we have this idea of what it looks like, but then it's a bit like a TARDIS. Like we get in there and we're like, this is huge. Like how did this happen? It's like, so for you, for example, Ella, you could have this like really beautiful little form that people will select on a drop-down menu or they will click like what applies most to them. You could even mm. do a quiz funnel, like a little quiz, and then their result will actually like put them into a sequence that's perfectly tailored for them. Yeah, cool. 
you can get really fun with this because we all know what it's like when we get emails from people or we get emails from like huge companies and brands and we're like, oh my God, it's like they've curated this email just for me. And it feels really good, doesn't it? Yeah, totally does. Yeah. What would you say is your favorite platform? For email marketing? Yeah. Oh, I have a few, but I love Flowdesk. I love it's it. pretty. It's pretty. It's, um, it, you know what? It's so funny. It doesn't actually have that many features, but it's by women for women. And I am all about supporting women in business. Uh, it's so easy to use. And I think sometimes the best platform for us is the one that we actually enjoy using. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I am on Kajabi just because my course yeah. and membership and everything. And it's just so easy all of the integrations and it's got a million and one features so i it's so funny because i actually use kajabi as well like i yeah. have, this is this is terrible i have mailchimp <laughs> Flowdesk, oh and kajabi like i've got three yeah why oh uh, okay sorry <laughs> i am so lucky i have like the old mailchimp like the og plan yeah. And I have some automations just ticking over in the background that I just do nothing for. So I don't even touch it. Mm. Um, Flowdesk is my general list building. So if I'm mm-hmm. like list building or I'm putting out stuff online, um, I will use Flowdesk. And yeah. then for Kajabi, we do kind of everything like, like the in-house stuff. Like if you're a client of mine, that will all go through Kajabi because it like, yeah, if, um, if you're not listening to this, like, sorry, if you don't have a Kajabi account, you're listening to this. The cool thing is with Kajabi, you have lots of these like different features. Like if you have like a lead magnet sequence, you can set up different rules where if that lead magnet sequence is selling them a particular product, Kajabi will, um, identify that they've purchased that and it will remove them from it and put them in like a different sequence. Like you can get really quite fan. It's very fun, isn't it? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I feel like I still have so much to learn with it. Um, We only transitioned late last year. So we're still, we're still sort of figuring it out, but there is so much you can do in there, which is so cool. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) I I do really like the idea of drip feeding stuff to clients though through Kajabi because I still do that manually. Oh, really? Mm. <laughs> like, I just feel like everything. Stuff? Oh, just like the onboarding sequence and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. that's totally something that you can set up. Like in that case, like if you came to me as a client, what I would say is to just write it out. Like I would write out that kind of process from the very start to the point where if you find that with this particular, like these clients, it starts on the DMs and Instagram. And then from there, you're like, yes, purchase. And then you send them a link. Like I would start from that. And then I would kind of just map out the whole thing of the end point. Like the, the very, the last thing. It's like the credits of the movie. Like that last little slide. What does that look like? Mm. And then you can like automate that. And that's what we do. So if um, someone books like a session with me, they will purchase through like the office page on Kajabi. And then we have an automated email that triggers to send. Oh, actually, sorry. We have a sequence. And in that first email, it has everything. It has like book, like book your call, um, fill in these questions. And I just don't have to do anything. Like it almost feels a little bit lazy that 
I am so hands off because my email literally does everything yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do have that for like course yeah. students, membership. It's more for management clients because it's a little bit more, I guess, manual, setting up folders, setting up reports, setting up everything yeah. on the back end and then sharing it all. So yeah. I'm still figuring out how that can be automated. <laughs> yeah. Can you use Domsado for that? Can you to set up like different folders and Google yeah. drives and just notice, you know, sometimes when like everyone is talking about particular software and you're like, I yeah. have to check this out. It just keeps coming up for me. And I'm like, I need to, I need to like have like a little fondle of this and see if yeah. it's going to make my life easier. <laughs> yeah. I've just literally signed up to HubSpot yeah. last week. So I'm hoping that this will be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll report back. I'll let yes, you know. Report back. We need an update. <laughs> I have one more question for you. Yes. When it comes to open rates for your email, uh-huh. what should people write in their subject line and what shouldn't they write in their subject line? So this is quite a this is a bit of a big question. And yeah. it varies on so it varies on so many different factors. So the first the first thing is um I'm going to talk to the people who potentially have it like an older list. Like they have a list, they haven't really nurtured it. Um, maybe it's like five years old and they're like, okay, I've listened to this podcast episode. I am so keen. I'm literally going to go and email my list now. And then they might send an email and they're like, oh my God, I had all these bounces. The open rates were really low. Sometimes it's not the subject. It's something else where you need to clean your list. Like the average lifespan of an email address is about 18 months. We have something called like list attrition where we need to physically go through and like trim off the dead ends. Because what happens if we don't do that? It will actually stuff up our deliverability for a whole list. And that's Mm -hmm. when we send out emails and the people who want to hear from us, they're like, I never get your emails. And then it will go to spam or it will go to promotions or socials, like everywhere but the primary inbox. So for the people who have a really old list, if you've never cleaned it, um, sometimes it's not even the subject. You could literally send the most inbox-friendly email. The problem is you need to kind of like trim off the dead ends. Okay. That's probably like a, like a bigger question that has a bit more strategy to it. But for people who, for people who like, let's just say your emails are on point. You've been list building for like three months and you are just like every Tuesday at 3 PM, your people hear from you and your like email open rates are like benchmark is around like 20 to 22% for industries. That's obviously going to vary for my clients, I aim for about 50% open rates, which is very ambitious. Um, but I like us to sit really nice and high. Um, so just say that everything is on point. There are a couple of things that are great. And then there are a couple of things that will kind of send you to email jail. So personalization will increase your email open rates. I think it's by 29%. Okay. Wow. Um, yeah. So on that, on that note, so personalization is anything that we can do to personalize the email for the person. And the most basic way that we can do that is to use their name. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend if you are list building, 
I notice a lot of the time people will have um, on their website right at the bottom, they'll have like a opt-in to receive communications from us and it will just be like a um, uh, email address field. I would see if you can change that to get their first name as well. So always yeah. be collecting at a minimum their first name. Yeah. And it could be something like, um, Peter, you need to hear this. Okay. Um, and you even can use that personalization in the preview text as well. So there are two things that we need to consider, like the, the subject and then the little preview text that goes with us, goes with it. Yeah. Um, what I would encourage you to do, it is exactly like on social media. So the cool thing is if you have been working with Ella for your social content or like binging everything that she, she has done online, that first um, like part of the caption has to be a banger because if it's not, people will keep scrolling. Like we want to yeah. invest in it being a thumb stopper. Quite often I'll see people who – the start will be a bit boring and they'll be like, but the juice is in the caption, but we need to get people straight away. And email is no different. Like email, we have to, to get their attention straight away. So use personalization, make sure that you're sending out emails that are, uh, like a, like a thumb stopper. And a really good way to do that is if you are listening right now, like open your emails and literally look at, who is, is sending you an email. Okay. Um, and are you interested or are you like, I'll read that later because quite often people don't read it later. It's five days and like, Hey, I'll just delete that. Okay. Yeah. We want to capture them like in that first 24 hours, like as soon as they see that email, we want them to open it straight away. Now, what is going to send you to email jail is using like a lot of special characters using all caps, anything that looks blatantly spammy, like free MacBook Pro, 15 exclamation points. Like you, you would never send that anyway, but like straight away you're like, okay, this is, I feel like this is like a one-way ticket to spam town. <laughs> it's like when you get those text messages, you just want an iPhone. It's yes, like it's that. exactly like that. Um, now there is... Uh, a couple of laws that we actually need to comply with for email marketing. And one of them is a US based law and it's called can spam all caps. Now, one of the requirements of can spam is that we actually send out emails that, um, reflect. So the subject in the preview text actually has to reflect the body of the email. So it can't be like free MacBook pro, and then in there, you're writing something about selling candles and it has, uh-huh, no, got, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that's actually, and I just wanted to say that because that, I think sometimes we forget about like the legalities and yeah. you don't want to get sued or get in yeah. trouble for, for doing stuff like that. Um, so that is what I would recommend for your subjects. And you also can test these as well. So you can use like a mail tester tool. Um, I think I use one and it's just like mail-tester.com. And when you have um, done up your campaign, you can just send a test email to them. Make sure that you remove like the little test part. Like, you know, sometimes when you're testing an email and it will go in brackets, it will say test, remove that and send it. And that will actually tell you if the subject is a bit spammy. Mm, Cool. Yeah. Um, Emojis are also really good to use. 
there is a little bit of conflicting research online. Um, the ones that I find say that it will hinder open rates. Oh my God, Ella, it's so funny. They'll have like the most bland subjects and then they'll use an emoji if it doesn't relate. And I'm like, you can tell a boomer did this. Like <laughs> it has like boomer energy. So all <laughs> of the ones like I love campaign monitor has really great up-to-date research on all things yeah. email marketing and they are for the emoji. So I am yeah. for the emoji, but it is also important to note that your email subject will render differently across different platforms. So it's like, you know how you'll open your email on an iPhone and it will look different on desktop. The same yeah. thing uh, will happen if you send an email to an iPhone compared to say someone who has like a Samsung phone, the emojis will look different. So just make sure you, you keep that in mind because sometimes if it doesn't recognize it, it will show up as a little square square. Yeah. Yes. And then there's one thing else that I recommend people do. And I want to talk about this, even though it's not the subject, it's still really important is who the email is from. Okay. So for me, when I send an email to my list, I say Peter Saris from professional babe. I would never say an email from Peter because if people have just like gone to my website and they've opted in, they might be like, who the hell is Peter? Yeah. And think that they're getting spammed. Yeah. So I would always have your business name. And then your first name, or maybe just your business name, if that's kind of what you lead with, like McDonald's yeah. or like Kiki K. Okay. So yeah. have that really identifiable. So it's kind of like when you open your text and you see that like your best friend has messaged you, you want to open that straight away. Like we want to be that person for like people in their inbox. Yes. I love it. So many juicy <laughs> tips. <laughs> I feel like so many people will now know exactly what to do. Otherwise, they can message you. Where can people find you? Oh, my gosh. I love Instagram. I'm, like, always – I'm, like, all over Instagram like a rash. Uh, my hand yeah. is <laughs> – like, I just love it. Um, at Professional Babe. Uh, and honestly, just, like, slide into my DMs, especially if you have, like, a fun little case study or screenshot. I love, like, working with data. <laughs> mm -hmm. That is my love language. Yeah. Awesome. I'll make sure that I put you in the show notes below so that if anybody does have any extra email questions or they would love for you to help them, they can easily contact you. But thank you so much for sharing all of your email knowledge, all of your unicorn knowledge with us. Thank you it's so been, much. It's been great. And I'm sure I'll talk to you on Instagram. Yeah. Thank you okay. so much. Bye. Bye.